0: What's going on, everybody? This is Red here, and it is so good to be back. Sorry for the delay. Um, But I completely lost my voice. Uh, I was struggling with the last podcast that I did. It was uh, definitely on the rough side for sure. And I listened to it, and there was like this I don't know if everybody else heard it, but there's this high pitched sound that came across. So there is that. But Rocky Raccoon, how's it going? But thankfully, my voice is better. It took me a little bit longer than I expected. I ended up getting my voice back and then unfortunately, uh, from a fire inhaling and a lot of smoke, lost it again. But now we're good to go. So today's subject's crazy. Uh, For those of you that don't know, I moved from Texas to Oklahoma. Now the locals call it mystery mountain. Why do they call it that? Cause a lot of crazy stuff happens on there. Um, pretty much my first day, right? I, I go there, I drive up there. I end up uh, getting a, a truck. So I drive up the mountain and I meet some of my neighbors. Well, my one neighbor, uh, I was I was joking with them, and I was like yeah the, the sales guy Michael was uh, saying that somebody out here tried to lease a, you know, their property out for the weekend or the week for hunting and uh, it, they left the same day that they came happened to come across a 12 foot Bigfoot we'll get into that story later it's not a super long story but still so we started talking about it. Well, actually, no. Michael said that there, there's been Bigfoot sightings in that in that area in the mountains. Twelve, big, the twelve foot Bigfoot is actually what my one neighbor told me about. Um, then he tells me this little detail, detail that cost like totally got my attention. He said that there was a family. I believe he originally said a five, but when I, from what I'm reading it. I believe it's only a family of three, um, disappeared. Disappeared for years. They had over 100 searchers, including law enforcement, volunteers, local volunteers that know the area, and helicopters searching for these people. Not once found them. Years later, hunters find them. But I don't want to get too deep into the story yet because it's not time for that. Time just to play a little catch up. So, yeah, life's been a little bit crazy. I've been going back and forth from Texas to Oklahoma, Texas to Oklahoma, between moving everything uh, up to Oklahoma into the mountain area. Hey, uh, Fosty Cole, thanks for joining. Um, and anytime I can, I try to talk to my neighbors to see anything else, you know, what else they have they've, they've might have heard or, or anything crazy uh, but today's story is going to be amazing. I'm actually reading from a website. Uh, I'll give you all the name and everything. I'll post it up in um, when I publish it, but I'll also post it up here in the chat section. Uh, so hopefully everybody enjoys. But again, I'm just talking and trying to catch everybody up to everything that's been going on. So I've been going back and forth from Texas to Oklahoma nonstop. Finally, I moved... A lot of my stuff besides the stuff that's in storage. And that's honestly because I don't feel like driving the eight hours that it would take me to go to Houston to grab my stuff from storage. I do have to go down there and get it taken care of, though. Um, And since I have my own business, I've been trying to help some of my old customers here. Hey, Rocky, how's it going? And trying to get everything going uh so just been very busy um but let me tell you i'm so happy where where i'm at right now it's beautiful the the you can't beat the natural just the the, the natural views that you get from the mountains it's the, the ridge lines that you get to see it's just beautiful we we actually had a I had a deer on my second day there just come right up to me. It was somebody's pet. It has an orange collar on. I found out later on it was one of my neighbor's pets that they helped raise it. They found it on the side of the road uh, with no mama in sight. Bilbo, Bilbo cord still attached and wasn't ready to fully walk out in the zone. And it, they didn't want it to get killed. So they helped it out. Cool story, though. Um So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and forth. But first, what I'm going to actually do is I'm going to post this website so y'all can see where I'm getting this from. I'm going to go. I'm so intrigued by this. I'm actually going to go to local law enforcement and have a talk to them about this and see if I can find out more information, maybe go to the site where the truck was found myself and go to where they found the bodies eventually. Uh, It's just a a crazy story. I honestly can't believe that... uh, it's a true thing that happened. Like it's, it seems more of something that you would get from, gee, uh, like one of the mystery shows that are, you know, the made up type of deal, but nope. All right, so here we go. Posted it. I don't think they can made it, they made it where you could actually click on the link. You might have to copy and paste it if possible. But I hope you enjoy. I'm gonna stop and pause every now and then. Just to see any kind of feedback, see what you think might happen or might of happen uh, during this whole story. So website is Talk Murder With Me, the Jameson family deaths. Now, this was written back in September 26, 2018, Unsolved Mysteries and Deaths. For nine years, this case has been heavily debated amongst the Internet sleuths and throughout the true crime community. Even to this day, there is so much uncertainty surrounded it that so many questions that will likely never be answered. And then it shows a picture of the the Jameson family, which is uh, Bobby, his wife, Sherilyn, and their daughter, Madison. Now, Bobby was 44 years old, Sherilyn was 40, and Madison, unfortunately, was only six years old, so that makes it so much more tragic you know, just a, a young kid being taken away from us. It's absolutely insane. Um. So from Panola Mountain, Oklahoma in October 29, it was not until – in the case I'm referring to is the disappearance of the Jameson family, Bobby 44, Sherilyn 40, and Madison 6 from Panola Mountain in Oklahoma. In October 2009, it was not until October 2013 – four years later that their remains by badly decomposed and skeletonized were discovered side by side, face down in the dirt. Before the disappearance from what the writer can tell, researching the case, the Jamisons were not ones to shy away from unconventionally shortly before they disappeared. They began looking into places where they could buy land, which they could, would use as a foundation for building their new lives, escaping their home of Efula, Oklahoma, where they found what they had found was a 40-acre plot on Panoa Mountain. The Jameson's home life was in turmoil leading up to their disappearances. Bobby suffered from chronic back pain as a result of a car accident back in 2003 which badly affected his mood. Sherilyn had bipolar disorder for which she was prescribed medication, but would not take on the regularly. This resulted in her lashing out at those around her and caused bouts of severe depression. For these reasons, Bobby and Sherilyn's marriage was strained. It was believed that this was one of the main reasons for their plans to move away, have a fresh start, and hopefully another chance of happiness. The Jamesons were extremely private, oftentimes, even though closest to them. See, it's weird because it, I'm trying to read it word for word, but there's, they're missing some words. So I'm pretty sure what they meant to say. Oftentimes, even those closest to them uh, did not know what was really going on in their lives. Bobby, uh, both Bobby and more Sherilyn, were very were very religious and heavily involved in spirituality. However, the two were paranoid that their home was being invaded by spirits. They became acquainted with the preacher whom they confided in regarding their concerns. Charlene believe, believed that spirits were coming in and talking to Madison as Madison was talking regularly to somebody called Emily, who was not there. However, this was likely a coping mechanism for Madison to deal with the turmoil in her life. Um, so... so Listen, I I know plenty of kids that had their, um, you know, make-believe friends. I don't really see anything wrong with that unless it was, you know, unless maybe her make-believe friend Emily started saying, telling her to do things that you just should not do, you know, endanger her, endanger the family, stuff like that. Um, But that does not seem like that's the case on this. So that's what pretty much uh got me um like trying to figure out why they I, I guess I, I, I can understand they kind of did it for like a filling type of deal. Um but to me it's very interesting that they 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 mention that kind of maybe as a way out also because her mother and father were saying that there's some kind of spiritual, you know, harassment going on, that they believe that they're getting harassed by evil spirits. Um, Even to the point where I guess they start talking to the preacher and, you know, we'll, we'll definitely uh, find out from there, but... Here is the rest of the story. Sorry for the pause. I was trying to have somebody pop up, ask me about the podcast. I just shared it with them. By the way, if you like the podcast, please hit the like button. Also share. The more shares we get, the more we get out there and the more we could kind of just, you know, maybe open up everybody else's eyes or they could listen to an entertaining story. So Sherilyn believed that spirits were coming in and talking to Madison, as we were saying. Uh, however, this was likely the cope mechanism to deal with the turmoil in her life. Bobby had his own concerns over spirits, asking the preacher if he knew of somewhere he could purchase special bullets, quote-unquote special bullets, to shoot several spirits that were residing on the roof of their property. Bobby also owned a copy of the Satanic Bible by Anton Lavelle, which he planned to attempt to use to exercise evil spirits from home. Now to me there would be another way to do an exorcist especially if you're talking to a preacher um but again they said that they're religious but they're spiritually religious. So that might be different than being, you know, highly re- religious in Christianity or you know, ca- Catholic or Mormon or anything else. So you have to also Kind of pay attention to how they're wording things. So, a storage container sat on the the Afula property, which the Jamesons planned to bring with them when they started their new life. Supposedly, the idea was that they would live in it until they had built their actual home on top of the mountain. The storage unit drew attention to the other, to the Jamesons' neighbors in Afula. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. I'm sure I'm going to get comments later on that I'm. you know, or emails that I'm pronouncing it wrong, but still. So due to the graffiti that Sherilyn had sprayed on it, Sherilyn believed she was a witch and told this to neighbors. She also performed seances with her friend, Nikki Shanoid, although Nikki admitted that she herself did not really take the seances all that seriously. While Sherilyn, on the other hand, did. On the store, Gina Sherilyn had written strange ramblings about her black cats being poisoned and that witches did not like it when their cats were killed. She was convinced that someone from the neighborhood had killed her cats and did not hold back from letting people know about it. Unsurprisingly, this made neighbors very uncomfortable, and they did their best to avoid the family at all costs. In the end, this worked out well for Sherilyn as she really just wanted to be left alone. So they have a picture of the, the storage container um, it says God love on it. it. says, Oh, looks like it says Odin O T T O N. Um, and then everything else that she put on, looks like it got blacked out and they just said, we're, we're, uh, you know, that they filled other stuff on it. So it's not actually her writings on there anymore that I could find, at least not in this picture. Um, but that is, uh, they have a picture of it. There's nothing really crazy, like I said. It sh- says a couple things, but everything else you could tell was blacked out. Several weeks before the disappearance of the family, the couple decided to take in a male boarder to help with heavy lifting around the house, given Bobby's back pain. Soon after moving in, however, the border began to make Sherilyn increasingly tense. Sherilyn confided in Nikki that while Bobby was out, the boarder had sat down next to her on the couch, got up close to her face, and told her that he was a white supremacist and was diagnosed or, I'm sorry, disgusted by her because of her Indian blood. Sherilyn was part Native American, feeling extremely uncomfortable. Sherilyn fled to another room where she retrieved a gun. On her return, she pointed at the man's head, telling him to get off the property and never come back. He refused to leave, which increasingly upset Sherilyn. To scare him off, she shot several rounds of bullets at his feet, eventually forcing him out. Sounds like a charmer, no? He sounds like someone who might hold a grudge and wish harm on the Jamesons. However... When the FBI managed to track him down and questioned him about the disappearance, he had a solid alibi and was ruled out as a suspect. So, to me, right, with it being a murder case, or really nobody knows if it's a murder case, but a disappearance case, missing persons case, um, to me, I would look a little bit deeper So he may have an alibi for where he was, but what if he got somebody else to do the dirty work? All he did was have to point the finger. I think it's a possibility, especially in the group that he's from. So for me, I would still think he's a suspect. And maybe, I mean, to me, one man's not going to be able to kidnap a whole... Family. I mean, like, I know it's only three people, but grown man, grown woman, Uh, Sherilyn obviously has a a gun, has a weapon. So what would you think happened? You think he might be one of the suspects? I think it's definitely possible for sure, Um, especially with the group that he's in. Disappearance of the Jameson family, October 16, 2009, according to family and friends of the Jamesons, it was not uncommon for them to disappear for several days without really notifying anybody. The Jamesons enjoyed solitude in nature, often breaking away from reality to seek it out, which was why when they had not been seen or heard from several days, no one was particularly alarmed. On top of this, the family had informed the Madison School that they would be withdrawing her as they were moving away. Hence, the school never asked her why. Eight days after anyone had last seen or heard from the Jamesons, on the 8th, Hunters reported an abandoned truck on the top of Panola Mountain and reported it to police, who determined it belonged to the Jamesons. The truck was locked and appeared that all of the family possessions, including her dog Macy, were inside. So dog was left inside by itself. All the family possessions left inside by itself. Macy was miraculously still alive, but extremely malnourished, having not eating in a number of days. Authorities freed Macy from the truck, bringing her to live with Bobby's mother. Now here's the, t- they show a picture of the top of Panoa Mountain where the truck was discovered. But they have, see, they have one truck that looks like it was ran over Bigfoot style. So who knows if this is actual footage. And then they have one, two, three, four. Yeah, the other ones are definitely not it. They're all parked by each other. Like they're getting ready to, you know, party. Police recovered a number of personal items, including their cell phones. So they left the truck with no cell phones on them. Sherilyn's purse. Bobby's wallet from the truck. Police figure that the family must be lost somewhere in the woods as the trees, the top of Panola Mountain, are increasingly dense and the terrain uneven. They're difficult to navigate. See, here's part that I don't fully. Thank you for the like, appreciate it. Uh, here's the part I don't fully agree with. So they're saying because it's difficult to navigate, they might get lost. Now, if you Don't panic. You keep your bearings. It's really not that hard. I live in the same mountain range. Yeah, we have trees all around us, but if you're outdoors people and people that love nature, which it seems like these people were for sure, um, you know that the sun rises to the east, sets to the west. That can help you navigate all by itself. But if you go in the forest, you go into the woods... You also notice certain things. There's big giant boulders that you could you could look at as a marker, or trees that might be, you know, bent in different shapes, going different directions, something that's out of, you know, completely out of character for the rest that you use as a navigational, you know, marker for yourself. I don't know about anybody else that goes out in the woods, but I know me anytime I leave and I go check out my property or anybody's, you know, any woods for that matter, I always look at certain things. I look for certain details to see where exactly I'm gonna be at. So if I see something that's a little bit out of character, I use that as a marker. All right, cool. We got a stack of rocks right here. So I know I'm gonna pass this on the way home or the way back. Keep on, keep on going, keep on going. And then you just look at certain things and that's how you find your way back. Hey, what's going on, brother? Thanks for joining. So it really it intrigues me that that's, that's the word that they're using because I think they're just trying to be rational and maybe find a reason for the family to disappear the way they did. So let's see what else they have to say. Um, here, police used Bobby and Sherilyn's cell phone GPS's coordinates to map out the family's movements. The GPS led them up a hill where they discovered small footprints that clearly belonged to Madison. Now, this is back into the 2008 period. So they they still didn't find the bodies. They just found footprints at this time. Once they arrived at the top of the hill, they discovered a picture on one of the cell phones that had been taken of Madison. It is difficult to read her expression in the picture. Opinions are somewhat divided regarding emotions when the picture was taken. She, they're talking about Madison's emotions, why she was taking the picture. While some say she looks as tough as though she's about to start laughing, others say quite the opposite, that she's about to cry. It is even believed that some that photo was not taken by either her parents because she is not smiling in the photo. And the way her arms are positioned suggests she was uncomfortable. I personally, I personally don't see the pictures are a, as a particular strong piece of evidence, given that it's pretty hard to tell from the photo what she's thinking. I feel like if somebody was, and this, these aren't my words; these are actually the writer's words. So they feel like someone she was afraid of or felt threatened by was taking a picture. She would have just looked downright scared. I don't think a six-year-old girl would try to mask these kinds of emotions. So they they show the cell phone photo of, of Madison on the hilltop that was taken. Now, to me, this looks like photos. I have I have a, a soon to be a 20, 20 year twenty-year-old son, and I have a seventeen-year-old son. My seventeen-year-old son, we would go out camping in the woods all the time, but. On occasion, he might do something where he gets yelled at and a picture would get taken of him and, you know, have a grumpy face on or a very similar face to how to how she has on right now. And again, uh, uh, all links and everything will be published uh, in the description. So just be on the lookout. The police believe that the family spent around 15 minutes at the top of the mountain before making their way back down to the truck. However, This is where the mystery really begins as no one knows what happened after that. The police conduct a massive search the next day, the 17th involving search dogs, over a hundred law enforcement and members of public on the ground in helicopters. However, they failed to locate the family. Police continue to search the truck for more clues as to what may have happened. They did in fact discover a number of promising leads under the front seat of the truck was a bag containing thirty-two thousand dollars in cash. They also discovered, and this is, they're they're calling it, an extremely hostile and hateful eleven-page long letter by Sherilyn to Bobby. The letter expressed that Sherilyn felt that Bobby did not care for his family and did not need them, criticizing Bobby for being a hermit. So November 16th, 2013, about three miles away from the spot. And this is years later now. So before we were in 2008, now 2013's popped up. No, we were in 2009, sorry. 2013's popped up. It's just over a year later. I'm sorry, four years later. And they discover the bo- uh, bodies of Bobby, Sherlin, Madison were discovered. By now, the skelet- they were skeletons and all those suspected right away The bodies belonged to the family. This had to be confirmed by the Oklahoma Medical Examiner in July 2014. The bodies were confirmed as being the Jamesons. They were so decomposed, though, that Medical Examiner was unable to confirm causes of death. Bobby, however, was discovered to have a small hole in the back of his head, which may well have been from a bullet. What happened to the Jameson family? There are a number of theories out there as to what happened to the Jamesons. Here, just going to go over the most popular theories. And again, this is all from the writer, not from me. I'm just reading from the writer's uh, post. That continue to come up over and over again. So the best theories to start with is probably murder-suicide, which I would scratch out just because. So all three bodies were found. All three bodies were also found facing down. There's a rumor that it wasn't just Bobby's head that had a hole in it, that it was all three of them. So that seems more like an execution. At least in my eyes, that seems like an execution for one reason or another. Now, you got to think, too, uh, they already had somebody that, you know, didn't like them. He said he was, you know, he was a supremacist and he he got kicked off the property and told to leave and, you know, shots fired at him. So somebody like that is probably going to take a pretty personal, right? Because uh, even though the FBI found out he had an alibi, again, that doesn't mean that he didn't have somebody else do it. But... So the best three to start with is the murder suicide authorities began to consider this seriously when they discovered Sherilyn's long and hate filled letter to Bobby and her violent episodes that occurred to due to her bipolar disorder. Another highly concerning thing is that Sherilyn was known to always carry a 22 pistol with her. However, there was no sign of the pistol in the truck when police searched for it, nor was it anywhere to be found in the house. But if it was a murder-suicide, what happened to the gun? So obviously they didn't find the gun by the bodies, didn't find it in the truck, didn't find it in the house, um, nowhere to be found. It was not near the bodies when they were discovered. Family and friends of the Jamesons are opposed to this. They're acknowledging that although Sherilyn and Bobby's marriage was strained, they really did love each other, and that Sherilyn can never do that to her family. Friends and family, particularly Sherilyn's friend Nikki, supports the idea that the Jamesons were kidnapped as there was no sign of a struggle of any kind around the truck. This may suggest that the Jamesons were led away from the truck at gunpoint. This theory is backed up by the fact that Jamesons left all their possessions in the car, even Macy the dog whom Madison brought. Everywhere with her, the fact that the Jamesons left the phones and the wallets in the truck suggests they had been forced to leave the truck in a hurry, I have Not time to gather any of their belongings, and I think this is pretty plausible, actually, given that, for the most part, people bring their phones and money everywhere with them, regardless of how long they plan to be gone. I feel like it would have to have been a pretty desperate situation for them to leave all their personal possessions and Macy in the car. And, of course, they show Macy and Madison in a picture together that was taken somewhere, uh, probably on their property. Um yeah again to me that's a it's i don't believe uh whatsoever that I, it was a murder-suicide it just it just doesn't make sense um and just their statement the person I wrote it the statement alone shows it doesn't make sense they can't find the gun anywhere you know, what's the real reason that you would do it i mean maybe there's unknown stuff maybe cheating or something like that happens you never know but still Still, it, it doesn't. It seems off. There's just not enough evidence that even points in that direction. So here we go with another theory: the Jamesons had surveillance cameras set up on the front of their house, which Bobby's mother had installed. The reason for this, as Bobby's mother explained, was that she, Bobby, and Sherilyn had been threatened by Bobby's father, Bob, who was supposedly involved with drugs, gang activity, and other sketchy stuff. Bobby filed for a protective order against his father in order to protect he and his family. However, Bobby's father was actually in a nursing home during the time of the disappearance. So in the end, it's doubtful he personally had anything to do with their disappearance. The surveillance cameras were used to record anyone who might have been trying to enter the house. Investigators looked at the video recorded from the day of the Jameson's disappearance, discovered a video of Jameson's packing their truck to leave, supposedly in a trance-like state. This brought about interest because of the number of times Bobby and Sherlyn went to and from the house carrying boxes and for, uh, boxes back and forth. They also never spoke to or acknowledged one another while packing the truck. This led people to wonder whether the trance-like state, quote, may be drugged, induced in the, this case, meth, given how prominent the drug is in the area. I always thought that meth made a person hyperactive, more stimulated and aggressive, which appears to the opposite of how the Jamesons are acting in the video. On discovery of the which on discovery of the video, the police searched the truck and the Jamesons. afloat uh, home for traces of meth in which they found none zero zip. Now, I don't know about you. I've moved so many times throughout my life that I just want to get it done when I do it. I just grab things and go, grab things and go. And if I, if I talk to, you know, who's with me or helping me, I'm more than likely talking to an house and what we're grabbing next and putting in a truck every now and then I, I might say something in the truck, but personally I'm focused. You could probably say I look like a zombie going back and forth, just trying to get the job done because it's not fun. Moving is the big giant pain in the backside. for sure. I don't know too many people that like it. So I could see why they would be in a trace, a trance-like state. You know, you just want to get it done. you just want to focus on the goal, and the goal is to get everything packed up and you out of that area. So that's understandable. Now, the father. The father being involved with drug dealing and gangs, regardless if he was in a nursing home, again, just like the, the guy that was staying with him, regardless if the father was in a nursing home and apparently he was bad enough to get a, you know, restrained order on. I think the father's still 100% capable of getting the job done. All you have to do, I mean, Now look at the people he associates with himself, drug dealers, gang members. And if he's really deep into them, he more than possibly is able to get them taken care of. And anybody smart enough, when you do something like this, in most cases, you could see it in, you know, serial killers, uh, just murders, whatever. The ones that are smart enough, they sit there and they wait. Eventually they'll make a mistake. But they'll know people will look for them. So they want that, like, when the search teams comes out, search teams go all over, helicopter, che- I mean, a helicopter could easily check out the top of the mountain. No problem. No questions asked found nothing but what it doesn't say in this this story so far and what I did find out because it's what brought me to this story is that they were found in the same area that searchers search and rescues went looking for them and they're found years later in that position that they were executed Also another story that I, part of the story I found and listened to was that they all three execution style. And this is all I listened to from my neighbor who was local to the area who knew about this whole thing. Like it it was a very big story, especially since it's a small town, small town area. So huge story. Everybody knows everybody. And, you know, you need to find out something. That's a a way to find out. So you know that this place was searched, found nothing. Four years later, a tiny bit over four years later, bodies were found. So what does that say? The person waited, knew that they weren't going to get the search and rescue, was not searching the place again. Once they quit, they quit, unfortunately. More than likely, they're going to get found by a hunter or a hiker or a camper, you know, uh, in that area. And what happened? They were found by a hunter. So it's, it's very intriguing to me that, you know, they, they right away, they, they say, nope, one dude, the one guy is innocent. I was staying with them. White supremacists. Tell me he can't go talk to someone and get this done and say, hey, this is what happened. I'm pissed. I want revenge. I think he can. The father was a drug dealer and a gang and uh, part uh, affiliated with a gang. You're telling me he can't say a word. Okay. He's not feeling too good. So he's he's in a nursing home. He can still talk still say, hey, this is what I want done, could be also putting it in front, and that's why he he was there. So to me, them just automatically saying, nope, sorry, nursing home, he's definitely got nothing to do with this. He was here the whole time. What about videos of people going in and out nursing home? What about – see, now I visited a nursing home for my uncle, uh, my great-great-uncle, um, and every time you go in and out, you have to sign. There's a log chart, right? So you have to sign. Most nursing homes uh, have cameras, not just for their security, but also because they need to see people going in and out and also helps them you know, keep track of things just in case there's any situation where they need to. So the father, to me, what I would have done, and I'm not saying they didn't, but what I would have done was look at the nursing home log. All right, let's see who was visiting him. Let's see when he left. Where did he go? Because sometimes you're, they are allowed to leave you know, and go to a store or go to a movie or stuff like that because um, nobody wants to be cramped in one section, right? So they have to sign out. Here's my time I signed out. Here's my time I signed back in. This is what I did or, you know, whatever the case might be. So to me, there's a lot of questions that are not answered uh, between the father and then the guy that was staying with him that pretty much threatened his wife. And she acted, I believe she acted fairly. She she pointed the gun at him, told him to get the hell out and shot bullets instead of shooting him, shot bullets around him and said, get out. And he did. But people like that, I don't believe they're gonna let it just you know, let him get away with it. So there's 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 a lot of unanswered questions, I think, uh, with this, but I'm gonna continue reading. So the thirty-two thousand cash, uh, thirty-two thousand dollars cash brings up once again the question of drugs. Was the money a part of a drug deal, which went horribly wrong, resulting in the murder of the family? Again, a plausible theory. This is what that person that is writing this thinks. This is not my words. I want to repeat because I don't agree with this. Plausible theory. I think the Jamesons' friends and family said had no involvement with drugs, but given how private the family were, how well did anyone really know them? There's also the suggestions that the Jameson's may have been involved in a cult or planned to move to the area to join a cult. But when they got there, perhaps were the victims of some sort of cultural or cult ritual or sacrifice or, or whatever. It's all very strange, and I feel like we'll never really know what exactly happened to the Jamesons. Did anyone really know them at all? I think there was so much more to them than what they revealed to their families or friends. Perhaps they had been more open. Their lives would not have ended in such a terrible and mysterious manner. Again, I just don't know. I love research and writing about this case. And if anyone has any ideas theories that might have happened, please shoot them my way. And this says the source is uh, Generation Y, episode two, I'm sorry, two seventeen, Disappeared Paradise, Lost, season two, episode ten. So y'all can check that out. I'm going to do some more research, and I'm actually going to put boots to the ground, and I'm going to talk to local law enforcement about this because to me, this is a very interesting case, um, and it being not too far away from me, uh, I would like to look into it. Cause I don't think that a murderer should run free and simply just get away with it. Now the writer, the writer says that, you know, they think if it was, if they weren't so private, that maybe this wouldn't happen to them. Listen, man, I, I got neighbors out there. I-, I talk to They're as nice as can be, but I personally moved out to the mountain because I want to be away from the city. I wanted my own privacy. I don't want to live 10 feet from another house or have a wall that's connected to another people's homestead. And I have nothing against anybody that does do that. My My personal preference is I'd rather be out in the country. And that's why I moved to Oklahoma. I figured it was a better fit for me. And it's a beautiful, beautiful state especially be down in the mountains. But at the same time, um, some of the things that were said, especially like the spirits um, and his wife being a witch. See, if you're a witch... And you mess around too much, there's definitely a possibility of bringing some spirits to you. And they'll cause mischief, possibly could cause harm, not not any kind of harm that's happened to them. Um, And maybe there's somebody around that didn't like that, didn't appreciate that. So there's, there's definitely different theories for sure of what could have happened to them. I personally believe that it was somebody, either the guy that was living with him. Thank you for the like. I definitely appreciate that. Uh, Somebody that was living with him or the father. But I tend to find out. I'm going to talk to local law enforcement, um, let them know about my podcast, and let them know this is a subject for my podcast. So there's definitely going to be a second part to this without a doubt. And it's going to be a lot more detailed. And it's going to be my side of what I think happened to him. I just thought it was a very interesting uh, blog that they put up about that. Um, And hopefully more people will see that they're not the only people that just fair enough disappeared in the woods. Now, there's there's another one. And uh, I don't remember what episode I did this on. Hey, how you doing? But there was a gentleman. He was seventy-three, I believe. Long, long outdoorsman, hunter, fishing. He loved everything about it. it was always he was part of a hunting club. Uh, he disappeared. However, his family like they waited three days because sometimes he would go out for three days and he would just, you know, put put corn in the corn uh, feeders or put apples out and and whatnot to get ready for deer season. Um, But once they hit the fourth day, they're like, no, he checks in most of the time. They try calling, 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 couldn't find him, Uh, couldn't get a hold of him. So the wife, the son goes out to the hunting club, see if they've seen him. Hunting club members say, oh, yeah, and they – they also have a log book and they said, Hey, he, uh, signed in at this time, uh, said he was going to this section and, uh, you know, putting, putting food and, and whatnot in the feeders. They find this guy's truck. Now, just like this couple had a dog, the, this guy actually had a dog. This dog went like, like the girl at it, strange occurrences, but like the girl, The girl never let the dog leave her side. The dog was always by the little girl's side. This gentleman had the same kind of relation with the dog. The dog never left his side. It doesn't matter if he was going out to go into the feeders and doing his thing or going fishing, going on the boat. Whatever he was doing, this dog went with him. When the truck was found, most of the food bags were all still in there untouched. The dog was still the dog was in the car. His wallet was in the car. I believe they found the keys in the car. They also uh, don't mention anything about, if, the, and the same thing with this one, besides being malnourished, but this dog didn't seem like it was malnourished. Could have just been eating the food in the, the feed bags. But they don't say anything about any kind of, you know, uh, the dog going to the bathroom, or it being a mess, or anything like that. Another thing is, the gentleman always carried a gun. Another coincidence. Charlene always carried a gun. She always carried a twenty-two gun, handgun. This gentleman, he also carried a handgun. I'm I'm sure it wasn't a twenty-two. Uh, I think they said it was a. Uh, I believe a 45. I would have to recheck. It's been a while since I looked into the case. But, there's a lot of similarities when it comes to that. Except the one that is not a similarity is they never found him. Didn't find his body, didn't find his bones. Like this case, they had searchers searching the entire area. Entire area. Couldn't find him. They had... Uh, special dogs um, first dogs to, f- to find a live person then they found they had dogs come out there to find corpses nothing, nothing was found just like this story he had an issue with somebody he had an issue with two brothers a friend of his the uh, the wife was letting him hunt on the one section of property. The brothers didn't like that. They owned it and said, no, you can't. Of course, he to argue with them and, you know, uh, eventually, later down the road, disappears. So there's a lot of similarities that go to this story, and it's, it's amazing to me about the similarities. Uh... Like I said, the only one that was not similar is they actually found these people. They were they were unfortunately ex- executed, and what breaks my heart the most is the little girl um, was a part of it. Now they they mentioned uh, that the Jamesons might have been drug dealers. That's why they might have had thirty two thousand dollars cash. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm. I'm 99% positive that if that was a case that they were going to meet up with somebody, they would leave their daughter home or have somebody watch their daughter, which apparently wasn't hard for them to do. The mom sure gladly watched the daughter. So again, I I don't think that's a good theory. I do think that possibly it could have been used as a setup or maybe they just saved that money because listen i don't know how many of y'all do the homesteading but when you first get started you definitely need a decent amounting to do these things you need a decent amount amount of money to invest in stuff that you need money for either a cabin camper, or they use the storage unit and they turn that into a home until they build their home on site. You need money to get a water system hooked up. Many ways to do it. I don't know if they have water on their land or if they had to go out and get it, but there's many different ways to do it. They also needed money, you know, for a lot of other things to straighten out their property. Maybe they needed lawnmowers, maybe they needed chainsaws, maybe they needed, you know, whatever, maybe they needed a, uh, a bulldozer rental, you know, Rant- renting a, a, a dozer or really any kind of heavy machinery costs a decent amount of money as well. And more than likely, if you've never really worked the machines before for a lot of people, it might take longer than a standard week to get the job done. So there's that. Um, but as always, before I go any further, I just want to say if you have any encounters, whether it's paranormal, whether it's cryptid, such as Bigfoot, Dogman, like this this 12-foot Bigfoot that was apparently seen in the area, <laughs> or UFOs, aliens, whatever it may be, or even conspira- conspira- uh, like conspiracy theories, or a missing person's case that you might want to listen to might want to get some little bit more attention brought to uh, definitely send me an email my email is podcast at protonmail.com again that's podcast at protonmail.com please do not forget to hit the like button the follow button and the share button i definitely appreciate everybody that does do that this will be published and when it gets published it gets published on all types of platforms from apple Podcasts to uh, smaller ones I never even heard of until like I actually looked my own podcast up. So it's been. Hey, man, if you if you've had a couple, man, go ahead and send me an email. We'll go through them. Um, and if you want to be on the show, you could be a co- you could be a guest on the show and you could tell uh, and talk about the stuff you've seen. If you are maybe a little shy away from that, we could do it where me and you have to we'll have to go back and forth a little bit because I'll have to ask some questions. Uh and I'll just read what your story is. I prefer you be live on the show. This is a judgment free zone, and anybody that does have anything negative to say gets kicked off right away. I have uh absolutely zero tolerance for people to act foolish on my show. But again, that's MIA podcast at com. I'll also be putting up the links for our twitter account which is monster america on twitter you could also look us up at monster investigators of america on twitter either or we pop up um i'm gonna be posting the pictures i was i was talking about last time i was attempting to talk about um one ufo and one ghost that sounds awesome um so i went hunting for you that haven't heard the story uh I went hunting back in December. Now, I was going for a deer or wild hog, whichever came across my path, I didn't care which one I got. Would have been extremely happy with both. I ended up getting none. Um, It just, you know, that was just the luck of it. It is what it is. But as I was tracking, I was tracking these deer tracks, I came across a bear footprint. And I don't mean like a bear, like a brown bear, grizzly bear. I mean, like a barefoot human foot, absolutely bare. Caught me off guard. So I took a couple pictures of it. I actually sent it recently to uh, Cliff Brackman um, from Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot, and, was it Bigfoot and Beyond podcast, and also uh, Finding Bigfoot the show. He said that he couldn't really 100% tell because pitchers, pitchers are very hard to get a, you know, uh, to make a judgment on. So I'm going to leave the judgment up to you all. So if you have Twitter, and I'll, I will be doing it Insta- Instagram. Somehow my Instagram that I had for the show disappeared. Uh, I'll be redoing everything. Um, but doing the Twitter right now, and I'll be posting up the pictures on Twitter. So, again, that's Monster America. Or Monster Investigators America on Twitter. And I'll be posting up probably a little bit later on today. And let me know what y'all think. I'm probably going to have to do multiple posts because there's multiple pictures. And I want to get them all on there so you you could see. Because you could definitely see the detail with the toes and the foot shape. Which was kind of cool it just threw it completely threw me off guard i actually put my foot right beside it when i was wearing boot and i tried to press into the ground to see if i could make any kind of indent and of course i couldn't so i'm about 220 pounds apparently not big enough for uh to make an indent on the ground but rocky Rocco, hey if you want to be on the show too um just hit me up on the email and uh we're going to be very active on this show Uh, I took a little bit of a break to give my voice a rest um, because I tried it on the last episode. You could hear it. I tried. I'm not a fan of the last episode because the way my voice sounds and there's some kind of weird for, not for long, for maybe 15 seconds, probably not even that, but there's this weird high-pitched noise that came out of nowhere uh, on it and... I was trying to get it out, but couldn't get it the heck out. But so on to the second story. This story is way shorter because it's just pretty much me telling you what I was told. So there is a, and it was by two different people and the stories match up. One was by my one neighbor who got told the story. And one was actually by the owner of the property that was leasing the property out. Told me the same stuff. So, first day in the land, I'm getting everything together, uh, moving stuff around. I set up my tent because all I had was the tent out there at that time, and I wanted to clear, you know, clear a nice area out where I could put some, you know, fruits, vegetables. Uh, I'm planning on putting some corn out there. The corn's going to have its own section. Well. My one neighbors came up, they had their, they're on a ATV, a four-wheeler quad, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, introduced myself to them. They stopped, said, hi, my dogs, of course, are barking at them and they finally showed up. We got the chance to talk and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, it's a beautiful piece of property. We just want to introduce ourselves. You know, Hey, our names are such and such. And I was like, Oh great. That's all, you know, very nice to meet you. My name is, you know, they call me red. Uh, And they're like, oh, so where did you, you know, I'm like, did y'all buy the land from classic country? And I am going to give them a one up. Listen, if anybody, they didn't pay for this, just to let you know, I wish they did or gave me a discount or, or something. But, and I'll put the link it too. but if you're looking for your own land, whatever the size, they have stuff that's just like two acres. They have stuff that's over 86 acres. They have uh, stuff in Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, and there's a couple other states. I'm just, it's just not, uh, can't think of them right now. Um, But they're a great company and it doesn't matter your credit. Your credit is not a factor in this, period. They have different payment plans, different down payment plans. And if you choose the one that's $199, of course you're going to pay you know, more of the top price. But you could pay $200 down and then you're paying X amount a month. So the, the way it works is say there's the X for $200 down and then a $199 closing cost. That's all you pay. That's all you have to pay. And then after that, you do the monthly cost. So to me, that's an awesome deal. I know I don't know if you guys want your own property, but let me tell you, this company is amazing. I like them a lot. And they to me are, are just really trying to get land into the hands of the people that you know might have a little bit of a struggle with their credit. The thing is you have to pay your bill. If you don't pay your bill, you're not keeping the land. Period. They're not like a bank. And this is how it works. They're not like a bank. If you don't make your payment on time, they give you a chance to make your payment and then they'll give you, you know, you have to pay X amount of money for late fees. But if you don't make their payment, they take the land back, regardless if you live on it or not. Again, this is something that has to get paid. They don't care. Live it or not, has to get paid. But... They have different tiers. So me, myself, I put a thousand dollars down. I'm paying 375 a month for 19.2 acres of property on a beautiful mountain in Oklahoma. Couldn't be happier with it. So classiccountryland.com is, if you wanna check it out, go ahead. Again, when I publish this, I'm gonna put all the links, and attach them to from the story so you could take a look at the pictures uh also classic country land i'm gonna post a link for them and just tell them that red sent you you, uh, you talk to michael michael's a great guy he'll help you out um he even sends you like a little uh thank you video and um you know just to be a landowner it's something different and in these days and times really with all the craziness going on uh, I think it's the perfect time to get yourself a piece of land where you could, if need be, go to, and uh, you know, be able to take care of yourself and your family. But anyway, back to the twelve-foot Bigfoot. So we go in, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, my guy was Michael," and he's like, "Oh yeah, Michael. Yeah, he's a good guy. We know him. Uh, we we used him as well." So I was like, "Oh really?" I said, "You know what's funny?" I said. Michael was saying, watch out for Bigfoots out there. And Michael doesn't know that I have a podcast that's related around all this stuff. You do uh, you do have to pay the taxes on the land. Depending on where you're at, you're not paying a lot of taxes. It's not a lot at all. Um, so to me, it's still worth it. And a lot of times you don't really even have to pay the taxes because you could go and get a... Uh, tax reduction like I'm. i got right now i only got one goat i got three more goats coming um and i'm gonna of course breed them and uh sell baby goats i'm also going to use the goats for goat milk to have a supply of milk i have uh chickens but you know you know for eggs stuff like that um doing a little bit at a time eight weeks i'll be getting the three other goats I'll definitely tell you what. I am planning on doing a different show called The Working Class Podcast. Uh, And I'm going to be setting it up tonight. I'm not doing it tonight, but I'm going to be setting it up tonight. But if you follow me on Twitter or if you text me or you you send me an email, I will make sure I keep everybody up to date on when I drop a show. Um, And that is going to be a show of itself. Working Class Podcast completely separate from anything you know whatsoever but it, it is a great thing but anyway they're like so they start laughing and i'm like i was like i explained to myself I, I laughed a little bit because he doesn't understand i have my own podcast and it's called monster investigators of america and they're like oh really and then they're then they decided that they got a little bit more comfortable with me and they wanted to uh i i think i'm gonna do that as well um they got a little bit more comfortable with me and decided they wanted to tell me the story about something that happened to one of their like uh, with one of their friends that were leasing land. So I was I was like, OK, they're like, well, they were driving a, a charger. Now, if you see in the area I live, a charger is not a good idea to bring this. If, if you like your charger and you care about your car, don't bring it up this mountain certainly don't bring it down this one path where they had to go to rent a truck for the freaking you know weekend that you're going to lease the land and go hunting and make sure you ensure it because there is a definitely a possibility you can mess it up but on this land if you go straight there's there's my land if you veer to the, down to the left there's this hill that goes down and leaves Starts leaning towards down the mountain. It takes approximately about from that way. It takes about 35 minutes to get down. From the way I go, it takes a 25-minute trip to get down the mountain. So they're taking this one way down. Now, this one way is so rough. Even in my truck, I don't want to take it because I don't want to beat my truck up that badly. Not saying the way that I have is great, but it's a little bit more easy On a vehicle. Not much. But it's definitely a little bit more easy on a vehicle. So that's the way I go. So. They're like yeah. Him and his wife. They're leasing out the land to go hunting for. For the weekend. And. um, They're driving as they get all the way down the bottom. Now it's getting late. Because they didn't get here late. They didn't expect it to be a 25 minute. You know. Trip. Up the mountain. And then they have to take. Another trip. Down towards where this property is. So. They're coming across. They turn out. They're in it, the, in the car, and it's dark out. And as they're going around this one turn, the wife screams. Look up. Headlights shows. From what they're saying is a twelve foot Bigfoot, twelve feet tall Bigfoot. That's huge, straight gigantic, right? So, they've. They don't care about the lease anymore. And instead, what they decide to do is that they are getting out of there as fast as possible. So they beat the heck out of their car getting out of there. They call up the lease owner and they say, hey, you could lease this out to somebody else we're done, we're going, we're going, we're, we're driving to Florida, we're out of here. Because um, they were they were just making stops on their way, they were planning on going to Florida, they were just planning to go a little bit, you know, later. Uh, but this scared them so bad, they decided that, hey, you can lease this out to somebody else, we, we're not going, we're seeing a 12-foot Bigfoot scared the daylights out of us. So that's the story that I got from my one neighbor. Well, my other neighbor who actually leased out the land. He was the one that leased it out to them because I brought it up. And he goes, actually, that land was mine. That was me that it happened to. He was I, I was leasing out to this couple. They're going to be here for a couple of days, do some hunting, you know, relax, enjoy the outdoors. And they got here later on, that, later on the night. And... Seen a 12 foot Bigfoot and the wife was scared. I said, I I was like, really? I said, that's crazy. I said, they were saying that they were in a like a Challenger or something on a Charger. He's like, yeah, they were in a Charger. He was on this mountain. And I, I'm a country boy. I've driven cars, I'm guilty of it, like in the woods, beat them up, trucks. It didn't matter when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I just want to be out in the woods and you know, me and my friends, we would go in the, you know, mud is what we called it. You know, fresh rain, we're out there. Fresh snow, we're out there just having a great old time. But he said that they were in a charger in the mountain, and they took off as fast as they possibly did, they could, did not care. That normal, you know, 35-minute trip turned to a quick 10. Going down the mountain and getting out of there because they did wanted nothing to do with what she seen, which was a 12 foot Bigfoot. And when he confirmed that, at the same exact story, I was like, What? He's like, Yeah, man. And he goes, he's like, I'm not saying that I believe in it. And he goes, the only reason I'm not saying that is because I'm a guy that has to see stuff for myself. He goes, I've seen, definitely seen UFOs in the sky. He goes, if you look up in the side on a clear night, you're going to see some stuff. So I was like, wow. Um, so you're, I said, you're not saying no to it. You're just saying you need to see it to believe it. And he says, yes. I said, all right. I, I could understand that. Uh, but it's a prime area too. You got the mountains. So we have, you know, white-tailed deer, great food source. We have turkey, another good food source. We have brown bears brown bears if they need to they could definitely eat we have water all over the place we have streams ponds you um, a little further there's lakes uh, wild berries all that good stuff so you have to I mean I would say it's that, it's a definite possibility it, it's definitely prime real estate and, me, myself, yeah, I do believe there's a big, hairy dude living in the woods. It doesn't make sense, honestly, for anybody really not to. I can understand why you wouldn't. You'd want to deny it. That makes sense to me. But if you go back, we'll go back to Native Americans, right, local. Native Americans for thousands of years, not hundreds, but thousands of years, have a history with these creatures throughout the country throughout Canada have a history with these creatures alright they call them the forest giants or the guardians of the forest or uh, you know some, some had decent relationships with these some call them the lost tribe um some tribes also have very intense relationships with these creatures. They went to war with them because you know, they're stealing the kids and the and the women. And of course, you know, they're their wild their their actual, you know, game. So the history's there. So let's go let's take it back a little bit more too. The Vikings You know, I'm sure everybody knows the show The Vikings, right? And they got a new show called Vikings Valhalla out. They also have a show called... um, Well, now it's Seven Kings Must Die, but it's from... uh, Oh, what is that show? Uh, Oh, I can't believe... It's honestly one of my favorite shows. I I do like it a lot. I can't believe they're they're ending it, but... uh, uh, The Last Kingdom. So, those Vikings also have a history of of seeing these creatures. And even state when they landed who who landed way before Christopher Columbus. Um, When they landed they also uh, seen these creatures here in America. So it would be very very to me it would be kind of foolish to think that they're not out there you say that oh well we we you know we don't never we never find a body yeah you when do we really find a body of a black bear or a brown bear or any of those nature takes it the little people yes i uh you know that in the lore of the crow indians here yes yes the little people are and the little people are actually uh they are also throughout the country, <laughs> if you and, and there are many lures with Native Americans. There are also many uh, sightings and encounters uh, throughout the country too. Mainly, of course, in in, in forests, mountains, uh, you know, rural areas, of course. Um, but it's still a thing, and for people to deny that, and, and I actually now more and more. You're getting more um, cryptid sightings than before. They were, ever since they they did the, uh, I call it the atom splitter, and I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. They're they're looking for the god particle, right? They're opening portals. Now, they got one in Tennessee. There was a rumor um, that one was getting built here in Texas. It wasn't a rumor. It was a fact at the time that they were doing it. But the rumor is is that they actually build it and it's operating and up and going uh, full capacity. And it's one of the biggest ones in the world. Right here in Texas. Not too far away from the DFW area. The Dallas-Fort Worth area. And there's one in North Carolina. I did hear about that. Yes. So all these areas, you, you see sightings just increasing and increasing and increasing throughout the country but mainly where these machines are. And to me that's probably one of the causes of it. The way I feel about it is we shouldn't mess with stuff we don't 100% understand. I don't care what kind of badass scientist you are you're not going to tell me you 100% understand Going open in portals, different dimensions, um, a whole bunch of different issues. I mean, look at, uh, oh, oh, oh what's a it's a, it's a, it's a good show too. A lot of people think it's fake, but you know what? There's just such a, again, another history of the show, before the show. Uh, Dog Man, was it Dog Man Ranch? No, no, no. Oh, I can't remember the name of the, the dang show. But it's a lot of settings of dogmans, portals. Uh, you see, though, they're, they're doing like testing and uh, they send a rocket up. Now, I don't know if you, you ever build rockets like I did when I was in middle school. We used to build rockets that would fly up in the air. You had a, had a little tool that you would. You know, watch where the rocket would go. You release your finger where it stops going completely straight up. And then you get the actual footage that it traveled, how high it went. Well, they were doing the test and they had, you know, scanners and stuff too. Um, If you watch the video, this rocket ricochets. Yes, yes, the one in New Mexico. Um, this rocket ricochets it doesn't go up or partially starts to you know curve and then goes back down to earth or any of that this one goes straight up and you could see it legitimately hit something that we can't see shoots straight back down um It's, it's very, very crazy. But again, we're, we're going to be getting to a lot of shows. I'm going to try to get some guests on here, uh, not just for sightings and encounters and stuff like that. But I want to talk to some people that have been in the field for a while. And again, with this uh, account with the Jameson family disappearing, I am going to be talking to police, taking notes. Um, I want to visit where they found the truck. I want to visit where they found the family. I'll talk to whoever I have to talk to and take a look. And I would like to get this done. Um, but that is my goal. And I, you know what? I love doing this show. I'm going to do it for as long as I possibly can. Uh, we do have a cash app. I'm going to hook up to uh, the Twitter and on this. Now, I'm not going to ask for any money, but... They got a thing where, you know, if you want to buy me a coffee, I, I, there's actually a website, but I can't find the dang thing. Um, <clears throat> if, you, if you want to give me like 2 $3, get me a coffee, keep me going in the morning, appreciate it. If not, doesn't matter. I'm still going to do it. I, I pay the bill for this. I don't make any kind of money off of this. Um, I just do it because I love doing it. I love when people actually share their stories. And if you haven't listened to this show before, Listen to some of my earlier shows. They are very, very good. There's uh, one about a gentleman, um, his grandmother, a gin. And, yes, I mean genie, gin. Um, His grandmother being a 90-pound person and lifting, you know, big grown man up in the air and throwing them like they're ragdolls because she was possessed by a spirit. Uh, And he tells his story, and it's a very, very good one. Um, That's one of my favorites. There is another one, a uh, gentleman that was driving Nevada, seeing a UFO fly overhead. Um, and uh, that, to me, that was a great one. Our more recent one, I still have to clear up with the Dogman uh, encounter um, that Hunter uh, called in about and let us know. I have to clean up because my volume is so high on it and his volume is so low. I've been trying to even things out and – Lower my volume a little bit and raise his up, but uh, right now I don't have my laptop on me, um, <clears throat> to do all that stuff. And honestly, I did not have the time, but I've been, you know, my main goal is to make this one of my number one things to do. Um, that's my goal. I, I want to do this full time, so I'm gonna push as hard as I can, and I will appreciate any help, whether it's show, uh, you know, sharing the show, giving us five stars. Um, comments, likes, shares, definitely give us a follow. And, uh, we are going to call it a night for tonight. I appreciate everybody, uh, that listened, everybody that's been, uh, interacting with me. And again, if you have an encounter sighting, whether it's paranormal, UFO, cryptid, whether it's, you know, Bigfoot, Dogman, um, give us an email. Email is M I a podcast at protonmail.com again that's m-i-a podcast at protonmail.com that is p-r-o-t-o-n-m-a-i-l dot com everybody this is what i always try to say at the end of my show is listen man it's a crazy world out there we really need to stop hating on each other show us you know let's start showing each other a little bit more love you know stop with all this crazy hate i honestly don't care who listens to my show if you listen to my show i appreciate you 100 percent do I have no hate towards anybody. The only time that ever happens, if you you threaten me and my family, then we have a problem. But on the real side, we really need to stop all this craziness going on. Show each other a little bit more love. Let's start helping each other out a little bit more. Man, if you see somebody broken down in the middle of the road, give them a helping hand. Give them a little push to the side. You know, I try to do something a couple times a week if I possibly can and, and see somebody that needs help. I try to help them out, whether it's, Helping somebody that needs groceries, put them in the car they you know maybe they're disabled or a little bit older. Always give them a helping hand. you know what I'm saying. It's really for the best uh so whether you see a little old lady needs help crossing that road, go ahead and give them a helping hand. If you see an elf on a shelf that needs help reaching that top shelf go uh, go ahead and help them out so. This has been Red. It's been a great talk. Until next time, everybody, see you on the flip side.